everybody. Welcome to episode number six of the Sticky Cast. I am your host, Adam, and you can also call me Sticky Z. Today on this episode, we're going to be talking to Brandon Salamat, mostly known as B, uh, on the Twitter. And we're talking to Eric Olinger. Uh, B is now currently with DLF, uh, and Eric's been there for uh, quite a long time. Um, knocking out some really great IDP content, so that's really exciting. So before we jump into the interviews, um, I think kind of teased this two episodes ago. I kind of want to talk a little bit about what you kind of want to look for when you're watching tape on uh, IDP players. Now, big caveat here: I am not a scout. I am not a professional tape watcher. I have basically know nothing. Um, but these are the kind of things that I like to look for when I watch do watch tape when I do break down IDP players. And I think the number one thing any player that you're going to watch is you want to find someone who excites you, who just your eye is drawn to them when they're making plays. Um, And even if you're watching the offense side of the football, you'll see these defensive guys flashing a lot and you'll see them always around the ball. And that kind of makes you want to say, oh, who's that guy? And go watch that guy. And that's how a lot of people fall in love with some of these IDP players. When you see, when you're really watching offense and you see, you know, a linebacker flying around and and that's kind of one of the ways I, I really like Jordan Hicks is, when you watch um, when he was when Texas was playing people and you'd watch a running back or something, Jordan Hicks was always in there, always making plays, always getting the tackles, and uh, it made me kind of really fall in love with him. Watch more of his tape. Um, so I'll just start on the D line really quickly. I think power is hard to really explain, but you know you kind of know it when you see it. Uh, I like to see guys that are quick on the snap. Um, it's nice to kind of have that good reaction time. You know, Derek Barnett. Um, sometimes you can get in trouble if you're kind of trying to count the snap um, in college is a little easier when you get to the NFL you have some problems um, and speaking of Derek Barnett uh, he has a lot of uh, his number one thing is his bend so he gets really deep um, into the tackle um, to kind of push them around and uh, he gets around them really well and that's kind of where the bend comes in that sort of lateral quickness to get around a tackle hand technique is big for defensive line and defensive tackle um, what are they doing with their hands where are they putting them um, how are they fighting with the tackle to get leverage? Because they want to get leverage on the tackle of the guard to move them so they can get to the ball carrier or push them aside to get to the quarterback. Another thing that I really like is QB awareness, and that's knowing, you know, is the quarterback going left, right? You know, where is he going? Is he rolling out? Um, and is he going to throw? You, you don't see it a lot in college. You see it a lot more in the NFL. Guys getting their hands up. Um, you know, you didn't make it to the quarterback, but you can still affect the, the throw in some way. Get your hands up there. And that's, that's really nice to see. I kind of mentioned already, but breaking to the runner. You know, you see the runners coming your way. You're kind of engaged with a guard or a tackle. If you're able to push them aside or kind of break, you know, their concentration to get to the ball carrier because the ball carrier is behind them so they can't see the ball carrier coming. I mean, they know maybe the play is coming that way. But things change. You know, the gap's not there. The players move. Uh, the running back moves the play a little bit. So that's I like to see that as well. Um, definitely just watch defensive line. You'll see, obviously, the guys who are good. And, and, you know, you don't have to get a sack, get a forced fumble, you know, get a tackle for a loss to be a good end. Um, you just need to be disrupt- disruptive. And uh, you, you'll, you'll know when you see it. So let's move over to safety, which is kind of a weird jump. Um, but we'll get back to linebacker. It's probably the main thing that people are going to end up watching. Uh, but safety is kind of tough to scout. You know, we have draftbreakdown.com. It's a really great place to find tape. You know, unless you're watching, somehow find all 22 tape and that's where you can see the whole field you're gonna have a hard time breaking down safety footage uh, but I like to kind of whatever you can see I, I love you know like Keanu Neal where you watch his tape and he's not on the screen because they're focusing on the offense and he just flies in he's always flying in to make tackles uh, I like to see that um, if you can get some all 22 or they show like a replay you want to see safeties who kind of keep their eye on what's going on um, playing awareness is a big thing 
Um, I like to see a good pursuit angle, and that's when they're tracking to a running back or a receiver that caught the ball. You want to make sure they're getting in a position um, to make the tackle and not just kind of whiff. Um, and going back to Keanu Neal, like I just mentioned, you know, sometimes he goes for that big hit, and if he misses, and he could have been the second to last guy or the last guy and, and gives a big play. So um, form tackling is really good, wrapping up players and being able to get to the running back or the wide receiver with a good angle. Because if you take a bad angle, they're going to get past you. Yeah, sometimes box safeties are asked to cover um, when they're inside, and this is going to lead us into cornerbacks. Um, when you're covering, you want to make sure you have good hips. You don't want to get your hips turned around. Um, that's where there's double moves that wide receivers do because it gets your hips flipped. And if your hips are not facing um, the way you want to run, when you have to flip them, you're going to lose all your speed pretty much. Um, so you want to stick with your guy. I mean, you don't box safeties aren't usually press. I mean, it's kind of an odd thing. Sometimes in um, different alignments, you'll have them pressing on the slot guy. Uh, that's so press coverage is really hands. You know, you want to jam them up. Um, but if you miss, you know, you that guy's open now. Um, so definitely. Sometimes it's weird for safeties to press coverage, but moving into corners, um, speed is a big thing, of course, because, you know, wide receivers are fast. Corners need to be fast. Um, that's why Dory Jackson uh, was a first-round pick, I believe, maybe a second-round pick. But his thing is speed. I mean, he's short, but he has speed, and he can keep up with wide receivers going deep. So leverage is huge for corners. You want to be able to keep your leverage inside of them, which means if the ball comes their way, you need to be between the, the quarterback and the wide receiver. You don't want to be on the out, the outside because you're not going to be able to get in there and make the play. Uh, speaking of that a little bit, we already touched on the hips, but ball skills are huge for corners. I mean, it's not just big for wide receivers. You need to be able to track the football. You need to be able to get your hands in there. You need to be able to jump to get the football, jump at wide receivers. You know, you need to be able to know when the ball's coming. You need to be able to see uh, where you need to put your hands inside the wide receiver's hands to break the ball out of their hands, whatever you need to do. Um, and you see this, you know, sometimes maybe when you're a little shorter of a corner, you're not going to be able to to uh, get up with the wide receiver. But if you can get your hands in there and you can break all away from them, then that you're doing a really good job. All right, so moving on to linebacker. Uh, it's kind of the bread and butter, I guess, of watching tape. And the number one thing for me is definitely their first step. And I know that's maybe a, sort of a, a trope, um, but I love to see, you know, if they're moving towards the play right away, if they're moving away from the play or exactly what they're doing um, when the snap happens. And that kind of speaks to play awareness as well, knowing what's going on, seeing, you know, where the linebacker's going, seeing where the running back is going, seeing where the quarterback's looking, you know, and being able to diagnose a play based on the tape they've seen or, or what the alignment is of the, of the offense and knowing where they need to be to make the tackle um, or, or do, fall and drop into coverage. So this kind of speaks a little more tackle ability. You know, you want to wrap your tackles, get nice and big. You want to see those big hits, but also you want to make the tackle. So I love Luke Keekleys of the world that are, aren't going to really try to kill you, try to kill the ball carrier, but they're really going to wrap, and you're pretty much almost never going to get past him um, if he gets some hands on you, get nice, good tackling in there. Um, coverage, they do cover as well. Another thing you got to know about linebackers is, you know, a weak side linebacker has to be able to scrape. Um, and, and that may just be like a term for something else, but this is what I've heard. Um, scraping is when you're running laterally across the play to get to the ball carrier. So because you're the weak side, you're on the op you're on the other side of the play. The play is going to the strong side, which means there's more players over there on the strong side. More of the offensive line, and usually tight end as well, that's blocking for a run. And if you're on the weak side, you have to travel across the entire face of the play 
to make the tackle. And getting in there without being touched, without being blocked, it shows good scraping ability. And when you see a player do that, that shows that they're a really great linebacker. So that's something I love to see as well. Um, getting off blocks, you know, block shredding. Sometimes you have to take on a block, especially if you're a strong side linebacker. But being able to, you know, use your hands to get away, use power to get off the blocks um, or break away at the right moment to tackle. Um, so that's kind of what I watch when I watch tape. I guess my number one advice when you're watching tape is to just watch tape. I mean, you don't have to be a scout to watch tape and come away with some sort of opinion on a player. Um, it may not be right, but you still have an opinion. And then what, what a lot of people do, and I like to do as well, is find others who are watching tape and get their opinions as well. And then you can kind of you know, compare and contrast what you saw, what they saw, and see where you know maybe they're coming from, and you can kind of change your process a little bit. Um, I think, I mean, I've been watching tape now for about three years on IDP players, and, you know, if I'm 10% better every year, starting at zero, of course, then that's a big improvement um, for me, and and you can kind of maybe be able to find some studs, you know, that that maybe not other people aren't aren't on. You know, you watch a little Markel Lee, you know, rookie linebacker that no one really heard of, and then you can kind of get that guy before someone else would once the hype starts to catch up to them. All right, so we'll jump in our interview with B. Um, he talked about having good scoring, which I, which of course is like a big thing for me. Um, reaching for your guys, which I love because you know at the end of the day you want to root for these guys, and uh, if there's someone that you've done the evaluations on, you've done the tape on, you've done the work on, you want to get that guy, um, and you want to root for him every every week. Um, he says trust the talent because talent never goes anywhere. I agree. Situations are very fluid in the NFL, especially in IDP. Things change very quickly, season to season, um, even week to week. You know, depending on injuries. So trust the talent because that's not going to go anywhere. And I love that take. Um, and uh, Eric and B kind of had similar takes on the vets. You know, don't shy away from productive vets. And um, sometimes you can target guys that were hurt last year because people forget about them. They're they're a year older, especially if you're doing dynasty. You know, the age kills people. Um, so let's jump into B's interview. Very excited to talk to my next guest, all the way from a different uh, time zone. I think it's yesterday there still. Uh, I'm talking to B. Uh, it's Brandon Salamat from. Uh, he's a writer, ranker with Fake Pigskin. B, how you doing tonight, man? Or actually, I'm sorry. How you doing this morning? Hey, what's up, Adam? Thank, thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing really good. Really good. good. Another beautiful uh, Sunday. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Florida, so it's like similar-ish. Um, it's not like I'm in like, the, you know, mountains or something. It's totally different. Um, so I kind of feel you on that one. <laughs> Hopefully you get to hit the beach up later. Sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's just jump into it, man. So like, what's your, uh, sort of your fantasy football background and sort of how you came to, uh, know so much about IDP and, and really get into it? Oh, sure. Start. Um, I got introduced to, uh, fantasy football back in, um, in 96. Uh, it was me and a bunch of friends and we really, really had no idea what we were getting into. And, uh, cause we were, we were in college and all still. So we were trying to try something new. Um, and after that, the rest is history. We were hooked and, um, never stopped playing ever since. And as far as, uh, IDP goes, uh, we, we took that dive, um, in 98. So about two years after I started playing and, uh, it was, it was kind of crazy, but it was real simple. When we got introduced, uh, we just threw out shoot, uh, one IDP starter per position, C-line, linebacker, DB. Real simple stuff, but um, I can tell you my first IDP I ever drafted was uh, none other than the uh, legendary uh, Derek Brooks, the linebacker from the Bucks before. And uh, just a little uh, note, in 98, he racked up 158 tackles. Can't complain about that. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but... Ever since then, uh, I got hooked, and uh, I can't exactly remember when I started right into it, but uh, it all started about seven years ago. 
Uh, I was I've been independent here and there. Uh, I just you know figure I uh, get my uh, my feet wet and just uh, learn as much as I can along the way um, and just start writing uh, and then just get uh, pointers from uh, all the other uh, editors and sites out there and see uh, what I need. From then on, um, it's just it's just been a ride, a journey that uh, I have no complaints on and I love it. Yeah, man, the work you do at Fake Fake Pigskin, um, I know a lot of people rely on your ranks, um, pre-draft and post-draft and, and coming up to rookie drafts and stuff like that. Um, redraft as well. It's definitely a valuable resource for a lot of people. Um, so when you're doing sort of, maybe if you're just like just pre-draft or whatever, do you sort of, are you kind of like a tape? guy or are you sort of like more on the stat side of things uh, of course uh, scouting and all um mm-hmm. i just recently became a uh, a film guy because i really i just recently um maybe the last three years i just really dove into the uh the college state because it was a little challenge because juggling this and being deployed three of the last five years uh, it was it was a task for me but uh it, it kept me sane when i was over there so um, i'm slowly developing and learning um how to scout and what to look for and um, this I got a shout out a uh, NFL draft scout on Twitter Matt Miller um, he he gave me a positional sheet on how to uh, study certain positions so from that point on it, it helped me a lot to uh, learn and what to look for on let's say like linebackers because that's the bread and butter of IDP so that's what I mainly look for. Watch. Do you think that you have sort of a position that you like scouting better or you sort of have a higher hit rate? Um, I believe, I know you did a lot of stuff with like defensive backs the last two years. Um, you got pretty deep there as well as ID, as well as well linebackers. But uh, do, you, do you think there's a position that you kind of do better at? I think right now I would give the edge to linebacker because I watch them the most. Uh, and because that's the, that's the ever-growing and changing position in the league today where, you know, they want fast linebackers, cover linebackers. So it's all about, you know, just finding guys that um, aren't the, uh, should I say, the, the lottery the, the lottery picks, the top picks. Um, if you can go a little bit deeper, because guys like uh, Jatavis Brown from the Chargers, a lot of people thought he came out of nowhere, but I uh, saw him on film. Um, he, he stood out. He reminded me of a, uh, a poor man's uh, Levante David, and that's exactly what he might do in his early career so far. Yeah, yeah, linebackers are really the clutch for finding those deep guys, especially since it's a, it's a deep position, but usually start a lot, and uh, they score usually in most leagues they're going to be the ones scoring the most um anyway so that's a good position to be to be knowledgeable at for sure um to get over to fantasy a little bit i know that you're in um the everything but league that i run and that that's used as a mixed um like a balanced scoring for idp where they score about the same as offense do you have a preferred you know do you like big play better do you like tackle heavy better um, when you're when you're building out your own league or joining a new league, it's funny. I don't have a real preference. Um, I'm willing to adapt and play in anything. But uh, I I love how you set up Ebut. Um, I love that scoring. I love the no position left behind scoring because it gives each position like their own individual uh, like scoring sheets. So we can start like a, DT, a defensive tackle, and you know every tackle they get is like three and a half points and i love it um i love the leagues that uh score three points per half a sack well, that is that is pretty gold in my opinion because any league that has that scores uh, three points or less per sack you gotta kick it up a notch mm-hmm. yeah so getting close to idp light that's just it's not it's not as much fun you really there's the I, you know the defense side of the ball becomes an afterthought and uh it's not as much fun for sure. Yeah. Um, do you? So you mentioned that. So an MPLB and, and everything, but you can start. We start a DL, so you can start defensive tackle or defensive end. 
do you kind of have a preference when you're when you're looking at maybe, maybe making your own league about doing defensive tackle or CB required leagues um, for your lineups? If I were to create a league, yes, um, I make it defensive tackle and CB uh, required, just so that um, you know you can start eleven defensive players, but you can uh, kind of like throw out your own. Uh, defensive formation like you can throw in one or two defensive tackles you, know, you can run your nickel or what it's just all about uh, it's all about flexibility and i hopefully in the near future now and beyond uh, idp flexibility starts to uh, evolve yeah it's definitely the most fun and it lets you build your your team however you want and, and you mix you mix even the required um, lineups with the high scoring it's just way better overall because you're really oh, yeah. making it so that the idp is just as valuable as the offense and and more so in, in some aspects um so when you're going into your draft whether it's you know an auction like we did for everything but or, or you know however whatever you decide to do for a startup um do you kind of have a specific strategy you usually try to stick to um do you kind of just like go for your guys i mean a lot of people have been saying wait on offense and that seems to be like the thing that most people kind of tend to do um i'm sorry wait on wait on defense and go hard on the offense um, is that i'm sure you probably agree with that as well but uh do you find yourself kind of going for studs more or kind of just taking like the shotgun approach for IDP since you kind of believe in yourself a little bit more than some others may? All right. In a startup draft, um, well, first things first, uh, you gotta, you gotta know your league settings. Uh, Once you know your league settings, your scoring system and the depth at all positions, uh, you should be able to have a nice plan. But, um, for me, I target my guys, um, especially for IDP. Um, like I want, I want a handful of my elite guys, my studs. Um, so if I'm in a startup and we're in like round six and there's, there's been like maybe one or two IDP taken, say that's Watt and Wagner. Um, and I'm, if I'm okay with my offensive guys and by the time we hit the sixth round, I will take my dude Quan without questions asked in the sixth round. And, um, to start building my IDP squad from there. Uh, because even though you can wait on linebacker, I prefer to have at least two two top heavy guys to uh, you know build your foundation around. And it, it helps make your squad be more balanced and you can build around it more in my opinion. Do you follow the same sort of tactic for other positions as well? Kind of going for like a stud defensive end or stud safety? Oh yeah, with the defensive ends, uh, I, will go, I will grab those guys early and often just because I know there can be a slight drop off with certain guys, so I kind of want to get my guys there, like uh, Frank Clark and Danielle Hunter and all that stuff. So you know, I want my guys, even I'm, and I'm willing to pay the price. Uh, that's that's how I am. Uh, I might reach, but at the end of the day, I got my guys, so I'll, I'll be satisfied. Yeah, I think people lose sight of that sometimes, where they just want to kind of build the best value team, and it could be players you don't like. You know, just because they yeah. were good value at the time, you know, and I think that happens a lot. And and I mean, I do I do the same thing. But sometimes I'm just like, well, you know, I might as well take the you know Daniel Hunter a couple rounds early, um, and that that could really work out for you in the in the long run of things. Especially if you're talking about you know Daniel Hunter or like uh, like a backup running back or you're a rookie you know if it's like juju smith schuster or daniel hunter you know it's like you could they could be similar in value when you're talking about like trading but uh it's 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 no question about who you'd rather have on your team absolutely especially if hunter's going to be a, a starter for, a weekly starter for you that that's even more helpful for you yeah and you, you'd root for him every every sunday <laughs> make you watch viking games i don't know why <laughs> otherwise why you would <laughs> um so when you're in a uh if you're doing a rookie draft does that change for you i mean i i know if you're doing all this scouting now um 
do you kind of find yourself fall in love with guys and you, you kind of want to reach a little bit on them? That, <clears throat> in rookie drafts, uh, mm-hmm. there's a slight change. Uh, if my team is set on offense and I don't have any big needs or I'm not really vibing with anyone on offense, uh, I will target my IDPs um, pretty early, uh, especially if uh, I think they're going to be special. Like um, in 2014, uh, I was all in on CJ Mosley. And I took him at uh, the eighth overall pick in the first round. So um, that's the one thing I guess that's pretty good about IDP and rookie drafts is there's no real ADP in there that for people that follow that. And um, if you like a certain IDP player and you're okay on offense, I just say go get him. You know, like regardless of um, your positional need, but if you're fine and you're confident, just go get your guy because if you so someone else gets your guy, you're gonna have all the regrets. And I've been there before. Yeah, I like that. I like that take. It's true because you don't really have to, you know, you have a team already. You know, you're not building um, for need, hopefully, too much in, in your rookie draft. Um, that's where people get in trouble. So, yeah, take your guy, especially if it's someone you really believe in. And CJ Mosley, is, you, could, you, could, you could do worse, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even now, you know, if, if you really believe in Ruben Foster is the truth, then, you know, go for it. So, I agree there. And, and again, like eighth overall, the odds of that offensive player hitting have dropped off so much by that point anyway. Um, you know, go for someone you believe in. Absolutely. For sure. Especially because that, that Mosley pick can probably uh, provide impact before the offensive player at the eighth pick. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I like that. And, and, you know, at the end there, you, you're probably, at the end of the draft like that, you probably have a pretty good team um, if that's your, the draft slot you got. So I like it. Do you, do you ever find yourself kind of moving back a little bit because you know you can maybe wait? A little bit longer on the on the on those IDP guys. Um, do you ever find yourself kind of just sitting and waiting? And if you if someone wants to move up, um, would you move back for those guys a lot? There are there are, there's a handful of times where I've moved back and I still ended up with my guy because right. Um, what's important too is you gotta low you gotta know your league mates and how they mm-hmm. draft and who they like because knowing if they don't like drafting IDP early but you do you don't mind it you can just trade back because knowing you can get your guy you, you can get an extra pick down the in the mm-hmm. draft as well and that's just extra icing on the cake for you yeah especially if you have a whole big list of guys you want to get and you can pick up an extra late third or something and you get another idp guy absolutely yeah cool <laughs> so um how do you kind of because i know in dynasty redraft you don't really have to worry about it too much but uh in dynasty we have that pesky positional changes that happen to guys like Khalil Mack and Aaron donald and all that um so what's your kind of take i've been asking everybody you know how they kind of handle it um, do you sort of avoid those guys? Uh, do you think that the future is an edge position? How do you kind of deal with that in your leagues? I just uh, I take it as it is because um, it, it's going to happen and there's going to be a lot of confusion. There's going to be a lot of new schemes, a lot of there's so much going on. So I just take it as it is, just, you know, suck it up and then um, just go for it. You got to trust the talent. Uh, that's what I tell a lot of people. You got to trust the talent more times than not because that talent will, it, it'll, um, it'll always be there. Like, Mac, uh, it sucks that he lost his, you know, defensive end eligibility. But uh, as a linebacker, he can still be somewhat valuable, especially in leagues that score four to six points per set. And he's a he's a he's an edge guy that racks up tackles too. So I want to target him regardless because he, to me, Mac is a 
weekly game changer. He's like Watt and you know all those top guys, Landon Collins and all that. He, he can win you a week by himself with those big games. Um, and I think with Aaron Donald, I have no worries about him because he has a great defensive coordinator and he'll know how to use him and put him in places to succeed. So although it sucks losing his defensive tackle tag for DT leagues, um, you're still gaining a top end defensive end in your league. So um, there's a lot of a lot of work there, but I, I just hope in the near uh, near future sites like um, my fantasy league and all that uh, adapt to uh, just the edge tag and it, it'll help clarify a lot for uh, especially us us idp guys who've been in the game for a while like it'll make it'll make the job so much easier too so you looking forward to that to have the edge tag in uh everywhere kind of thing i'm looking forward to it um, yeah it's definitely a point of contention <laughs> in the community yeah um some i mean i kind of think it uh makes it a little bit easier to play idp which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's not as good for me and you and other people who know what they're doing because, you know, we can get around it a little bit. Um, I think it's good for new players because it's, you know, it brings more people to IDP. And at the end of the day, that's really what we want. Um, so I agree, though, that get the talent. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, if Khalil Mack is going to get a put up a four sack game and you have good scoring, it doesn't really, it almost doesn't matter if he's an end or a linebacker. He's still going to put up crazy numbers um, for you. And he can oh, definitely yeah. do that. <laughs> um, okay, so if you went back to uh, 1998 uh, when you started IDP and you sort of uh, wanted to give yourself some advice or you wanted to give a new player who comes to you now uh, some advice for IDP, what do you usually, what would you tell yourself and what do you usually tell new players, like how to how to succeed? Well, the very first thing or the, on the top that I would just and tell them is uh, you gotta, you gotta know your league set your, your league scoring settings because um, that'll help you you know build your board on how you want to uh, draft your idps and you got to know how many positional starters they're going to be because if you only start two linebackers and there's a big linebacker field you know you don't have to target that early um, so knowing your league scoring settings um it, it's very important and also you gotta learn team's depth charts um know which team has a quality backup so just in case you know, your stud went down, you have no problem taking his backup because he might not put up the same numbers, but he'll still be a weekly serviceable uh, linebacker. Do you have a, uh, a site that you kind of use for depth charts? Um, just fake pay skin carry them? Or do you kind of just use Rotor World or Our Lads? Uh, for depth charts, I just mm -hmm. I, I just jump in between Rotor World, uh, Ro Rotor World uh, Our Lads, and, you know, even the official team site, mm -hmm. you know, here and there. Yeah. Look at it and then see which ones are different and just almost, even a uh, pro football focus has depth charts I'm as not well. Sure, I'm not sure if they have it out right now, but yeah, normally they have depth charts too. I just look at those and then. Um, but one piece of advice uh, in IDP leagues, especially, don't don't go so hard on the depth charts in May and June. You know, just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, during training camp and preseason is when the depth charts really matter, I think, because what's his name uh, Adams and um, the Giants might be starting now on the depth chart but come training camp preseason you know Darren Thompson might take his job back so you know you just got to pay attention to these things pay attention that's all I got to say pay attention yeah it's good and, and even like look on Twitter you know there's a lot of information flying around uh, oh, out yeah. there that's the thing too yeah don't especially if you're on Twitter I wish Twitter was around in 98 that would have been helpful for me but uh, <laughs> that's the thing if you're on Twitter don't be afraid to ask questions to any of the IDP community guys because that's a great bunch of guys there uh, a great bunch of people and, uh, and, and lastly I say uh, for 
a new player and give myself advice if I played in 98 again. Now, don't don't pay too much attention in age in IDP because um, you want to have you want to maintain you want to be a competitor you want you want to compete weekly so um, don't don't shy off that veteran but have concern for a veteran coming off a serious injury though because that can change like Derek Johnson hell of a linebacker and he'd be great for IDP but he'd be having injuries left and right Achilles and stuff like that so. Um, He'd be good in the short term, stopgap, but um, in the long run, you probably don't want him. So just pay more attention to injuries than age in IDP is what I would say. Yeah, and, and guys, Purdue is so much longer. You know, it's not like there's no, there's not as much of a cliff that kind of running back. You know, he hit 28, starts to fall off a cliff. Linebackers, I mean, they go to 33, 34. Well, yeah. If you're good, you're gonna, they're going to stay good and they'll produce. Yep. Yep. Cool, man. Well, I think that sums it up pretty much. Um, I really appreciate you getting up early um, to, to chat with me. That was awesome. Do you have any um, last parting shots? Anything you want to plug or anything like that? Nah, nothing come to mind right now, but yeah. I just got to say. Your ranks are uh, up? Yeah, my, uh, if you go on fake, fake pigskin website, uh, you just hit the NFL tab and go down to the IDP uh, link. Um, all my work is there. Um, and hopefully in the near future, my work expands to other places. But uh, for now, um, you know, I just thank you to uh, my brother Adam here for having me. Um, and then, uh, you know, big thanks to uh, my man, uh, my man Regan at Fake Biscuit for bringing me up and uh, helping me build my network. Awesome, man. I like it. Well, hope you, hopefully you have a nice rest of your day. Hit the beach. Have a puka dog. Um, is that pronounced that right? <laughs> puka dog. Yeah, man. Good? All right. right. <laughs> Every time, um, like, you know, poke is getting popular here in the States. Uh, these this side of the states, so everyone pronounces it wrong, and I'm always like, it's poke. <laughs> it's not hey, pokey. That, that stuff is good for you, but don't eat it all. <laughs> yeah, don't eat it all. Yeah, good. I'm jealous. You always post good food on Twitter. <laughs> I'm always like, damn, it looks so good. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks so much for stopping by, and uh, we'll chat soon. I'm sure. Yes, sir. Thanks, Adam. Have a good one, brother. So that was great stuff from B. Again, you can follow him. It's at IDP with B. It's B E E. Um, he's now with DLF, so that's awesome. Um, hopefully, he'll be putting out you know his ranks there. All right, so let's just jump into Eric's interview, and then we'll take it out from there. So my next guest, super excited to talk to, is Eric Olinger. Uh, he is at Olinger IDP. That's O-L-I-N-G-E-R. And hopefully by now you know how to spell IDP. Um, he's a senior writer in the IDP space for DLF and probably one of the most massive comic Star Wars nerd fans of people that I follow on Twitter. Uh, Eric, how you doing tonight, man? Doing really well, Adam. I appreciate you asking me to come on, man. I've really been looking forward to this. I know we've had some scheduling conflicts the last couple of weeks with Little League and holidays and, and whatnot, but uh, thanks for being patient. I'm, I'm glad to finally uh, be able to sit down with you. Yeah, man, I know if you're a dad and you got stuff going on, your time's super valuable, so I'm glad we can make it work. Um, if you just want to jump into it, man, so kind of the first question I usually ask people is, you know, what's your fantasy football background and sort of How'd you kind of get into IDP and, and all that good stuff? Well, I've been playing fantasy football since 1997, so it's, you know, 20 years now. And uh, actually, my very first league was IDP. Uh, back in 97, my, my buddy, who's a few years older than me, uh, had this long-standing fantasy league uh, through his work. And all their, it was a 10-man league, and all their rosters were in a packet of paper. So, I mean, it was a 10-page a packet that all these owners had, and... and you know, everything had notes jotted off to it. And, you know, at the time, I'm like, what, you know, dude, what in the hell are you doing, man? And he's like, oh, man, it's fantasy football. I'm like, I don't understand. And he's like, well, man, he's like, you know, here's here's Deuce Daly. And, I, you know, I can trade Deuce Daly for Ray Lewis or, or, you know, whatever it was back in the day. And so I'm like, tell me more because this sounds amazing. And 
it just kind of went from there. And then, you know, I, I think it was like a year, like the very next year, he uh, helped uh, me and, and all my buddies start a league. And that league went on for, like, I, it just finally folded like three years ago. So, I mean, it went on for, you know, well over 15 years before, you know, high school friends just kind of drift apart. And it, uh, so, I mean, it was right from the get go. It was just IDP, IDP or bust. Like it was, it was just so much fun. And it was, it was kind of confusing to me early on. I'm like, why, why are people playing half a league? Like, why are they playing with team defenses? And there's this amazing whole other side of the ball. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that you're such a, a long-standing league. It sucks that it um, fell apart. Uh, I know it's tough to keep those things going after a while when, Real life gets in the way, but I totally agree. Um, once I started getting an IDP, it just makes no sense to me to completely disregard half the game of football. <laughs> it's almost worse to condense it into a team defense too. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like it's like you grew up with the with the Death Star Lego set, and then someone hands you this really boring set of Duplos, and it's like, what the hell you want me to do with this? Like, I can't do anything with this. Like, I want interesting. the Death Star. I think it's interesting that you came in from a space of it, you always playing with IDP instead of kind of coming into it eventually. That's, that's super interesting. Yeah, and like I said, man, it all started with, you know, packets of paper, like leagues. I mean, you know, now it's, you know, we go to My Fantasy League or ESPN or Flea Flicker and everything, you know, is on our phones and our fingertips. Like back in the day, man, like no kidding, like we always had those packets, like those league packets on us at all times. Like whether it was in our, the glove box of our car or just like, you know, fold it up in your pocket, like just in case, you know, you sit around drinking or, or whatever, man, like a trade would break out. And next thing you know, you know, you got packets of paper everywhere and people flipping through rosters and, and teams that, you know, it, it was just nuts. And it was, it was fun. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just so much different. Yeah. I definitely wish that I was, I was playing at the, those times. It sounds really fun. Just like a real uh, brass tacks fantasy football just sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, the flip side of that is, like, you know, now it's like, you, you know, you're playing in leagues that you've never even met these people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a league with you, and, you know, we've obviously never met in person, but, you know, we've become pretty good friends just, you know, through the internet and through DLF and, and leagues and stuff. So, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, you if you're doing it in packets, man, like, it's got to be some local people that you're close with, you know, the day-to-day, and, you know, so if, if somebody drops out of that league, it's not always easy. You know, you run the risk of folding that league, whereas here, you know, we can send out a tweet and mm-hmm. have, you know, 45 people in two minutes, you know, wanting to jump in. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, ups and pluses and minus, and you kind of get some people who are uh, probably shouldn't be in leagues and don't stick around, but uh, you can't track them down and you know, beat them over the head until they pay up uh, anymore. Right, right. Can't threaten to date their sister. <laughs> right, whatever it takes. <laughs> um, so sort of when you kind of do your evaluations of players, um, even going back that far, are you kind of, do you kind of stick to tape more? Um, is that sort of your bread and butter when you're talking about evaluating players? Yeah, because I think that anybody that has played fantasy football for, you know, f- 15, 20 years, I mean, metrics are, are pretty new. I mean, there's always been, you know, trends and there's always been ways that you kind of track certain things throughout fantasy. But, you know, the whole metrics thing is really still pretty new. I'd say within the last, you know, five to six years where, you know, it's really taken off. So, you know, uh, you know back in the day, it was just, you know, you would watch these college games. You know, I, I live in Ohio, so, you know, the Big Ten's huge. And, uh, you know, college football is just this huge money-making juggernaut and so i mean saturdays football's on all day and you know you start to uh you know see these guys you know jumping off the jumping off the tape and it's you know a lot of our linebackers in the nfl that are big names are you know they play at big schools i mean it's pretty rare that you see a guy coming out of 
out of nowhere. Like, you know, Khalil Mack obviously coming from Buffalo is kind of the exception to the rule, but you know, most of these, uh, most of these linebackers that are, you know, studs are, are coming from bigger programs the, you know, the, the Miami's, the Florida's, I mean, even Boston college, uh, Alabama, I mean, they, Ohio state. So it's, you know, you see these guys and you, you can tell who's got the body type and who's got the eye for tracking down the ball and, and who can dr- drop into coverage, basically who's, you know, loose through the hips that, you know, not just going to be a two down thumper. So you kind of make that note on Saturdays and, and wait and, and kind of see where they land come draft time. Do you think that linebackers sort of a better position that you sort of do better at, or you kind of get some more hits at? Yeah, absolutely. Cause the thing is, man, like, especially with the evolution of the edge rusher a lot of times man you like you don't know where a defensive end is really going to be in the nfl until the scheme that they land in so you you get a guy that you know gets designated as that you know quote unquote edge rusher and you know like khalil mack you know we've already we've seen it the last two years you know two years ago he was he was a linebacker and then last year he was a defensive end and this year he's going back to linebacker so it's it's really hard to peg a guy that's going to be yo-yoing on that edge position as opposed to a guy that you know is going to be a, a, a Mike linebacker or an inside linebacker in a 3-4 or, you know, uh, even a Will linebacker in a 4-3. So those guys are a little bit safer. And the, the bust rate for defensive ends and some of these edge rushers is a lot higher than a linebacker. Like the, the floor is a lot higher. I think you're a little bit safer when you try to scout a college linebacker uh, that's going to go to the NFL. So I never, I never put any sort of stock in cornerbacks like that's I'll I will stream that crap all season long every year like I just don't care and uh you know safety you know that every year there's there's a couple handfuls but it's you know it's a position that's deep you know it's a position you kind of you can also kind of play the waiver wire a little bit until you find a guy you're comfortable with and, and then stick with them but as far as dynasty IDP goes man like you really need to lock down you know one of the younger stud linebackers or you know as many as you can obviously and then you can really just kind of play the waiver wire with the rest of the stuff until you until you hit so that's kind of always been my philosophy is, uh, as far as the IDP youngins go. Yeah, and also it's hard to, even if you're watching on Saturday, it's hard to see tape on the safeties and even the corners at times because very rarely are you going to get to see them on the field um, in the in the broadcast, you know. So it's really tough. Yeah, and I mean, but now it's like with the 24-hour news cycle, you know, mm-hmm. with ESPN News and, you know, the Big Ten Network and, you know, all these, all these sports shows and, you know, even Path to the Draft and NFL Network, like there's, it's, 365 man like 52 weeks a year they're they're pumping out you know information where it's out there i mean you have to be able to kind of comb through it because you know a lot of those shows are you know everybody's looking through rose-colored glasses but um you know you know we knew about adams from lsu and we knew about peppers from michigan and you know some of the the higher profile guys that you know were from uh you know playing last year and then you know right now is a great time for fantasy football because you got guys like you know, Nick Whalen and his Devi report and, and Ghost and his Orange report that are, you know, they're pumping this kind of stuff out. You know, they're already studying for the 2018 class. So, you know, there, there's all kinds of people out there that are just, you know, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, with the, we know with ESPN and NFL Network and all these, you know, at, uh, conference network, the information's out there. So it's, you know, you, you kind of see it. And there's ways to at least kind of take note, you know, it, it might, and they're not all going to pan out, but, you know, at least you kind of get an idea of, hey, man, you know, week two, I've seen this guy, week five, I've seen him again, and, you know, come week eight, you know, he's in the news again. So it's at least a guy that, you know, hey, I want to at least monitor this guy, you know, come patch to the draft time, and, and, you know, once the combine comes around, because, you know, you, you just kind of take note. Especially with, uh, I mean, you mentioned Nick Whalen and, and the, the Orange Report from the, the FF Ghost. Um, their stuff's good, and then you have all of quote-unquote draft Twitter, 
going off on X player, Y player, every position. I mean, Saturday, Sunday podcast out there, they're doing every position now. I mean, it's crazy how much information there is just because there's such a thirst for that sort of content. So definitely all out there. You just got to go and get it, right? Absolutely. And draft Twitter is not always good Twitter, man. Mm -hmm. You really have to figure out who is just talking to hear themselves talk and who actually knows what they're talking about. And Matt Waldman, you know, he's another one that puts out a a great piece. But, uh, but, you know, there's... Man, twit. I mean, Twitter is awesome, but man, sometimes it, all it is is just a you know a match mm-hmm. in a gasoline factory, and sometimes it's just people wanting to plant flags. It's a lot of times uh, it's a bit of an echo chamber. I mean, you'll someone will you'll get someone with a strong take. It'll get t- retweeted out there, and then you'll sort of see it pop up some more, and then the reverse take will get tweeted retweeted out again, and then it, that sort of pops up for a couple of days. It's like kind of a weird phenomenon. Um, it's definitely good to be able to cut through that static for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so jump over to fantasy a little bit. Uh, do you have like a preferred scoring um, type that you'd like to run with, whether it's big play, tackle heavy, you know, MPLB uh, type scoring? Um, is, is there one that you tend to gravitate towards? If I'm going to play IDP, my preference is I want my IDP to matter. So at the end of the year, I, want, I don't want the highest scoring IDP player, IDP player to be the 75th you know highest scoring player in the league I, I want them to matter I want to see you know obviously you know quarterbacks and and some of your you know big time PPR guys are obviously going to be the top but you know I want to see the JJ Watts the Khalil Max the Bobby Wagner's the you know Quan Alexander's I want to see those guys in the top you know 15 to 25 I want to at least see them you know somewhere in there because I want it to matter I don't want to be able to come basically completely ignore the IDP come draft time and then be able to fill out a, a, a lineup completely off the waiver wire. So I like a balanced scoring system. So um, I, I guess, I mean, I, I guess I don't really know how to elaborate more than that. I just, I just want my IDP to matter. You know, I, I don't want it to be, you know, the, uh, the after dinner mint. I want the, mm-hmm. I want it to be a big pile of potatoes next to the steak, you know? Yeah. I think, um, mo- I think most people are going to tend to agree. Like what's, what's really the point, um, of doing IDP if it's, not going to matter because if you're if you're even putting effort into thinking about it putting time into drafting it and then like you said they're scoring in the bottom half of you know com- you know it's, it's running back 30 is scoring the same as linebacker 10 um uh, that just makes me upset <laughs> all yeah, over the board you're wasting your time at that point i yeah. mean start enough idps that matter and m- make sure that they score enough that matter uh, how do you feel about defensive tackle like cornerback required leagues i know you mentioned that you tend to like to stream um, does that like really change at all with if you have cornerback required if they uh, score highly? Not really. I mean, it basically comes down to if their bye week comes up and I need the roster spot, then they're they're too easily replaceable. Uh, defensive tackle is a little bit different because I think it's extremely extremely top heavy, and especially now with more teams going to a three four defense. So if I have a defensive tackle that matters, like if he's actually one of the you know the top guys, then I'll find a spot to maybe keep him. Uh, but if it's a if it's a guy that's you know averaging you know eight to nine points a week, then you know I can find that I can either probably get that guy back after his bye week, or I can just stream enough to you know tread water at that position because more than likely if I if I'm weak at that position is because I neglected it in favor of something to make my roster stronger elsewhere. So hopefully I've balanced my team lineup enough to where I can I can absorb that weak spot at defensive tackle if I don't have one of the top options. So you touched on it a little bit um, there as well. Do you, and, and before, but do you have like a general startup strategy you like to stick to? I know you said you like to go for those 
um, kind of stud linebackers. Is that the same in, in sort of a in a startup, or is that really just for rookie drafts? Or how do you kind of like to build your teams when you're doing a startup? In a startup, I I really like I will be one of the guys that reach early for like the JJ watch just because he does give you such a huge weekly advantage when he's healthy. And I think that this year he's going to be a big time value because he's coming off of that injury, and people uh, people are going to kind of just forget a little bit on how absolutely amazing he really is and um you know with cleo mack going back to strong side linebacker whether i agree with it or not he uh he you know the, the positional scarcity so in a startup i'm gonna i'm gonna try to reach for the truly truly elite prospect maybe a little bit early because it's such a huge advantage so if i can get my hands on like i said why uh, i really like daniel hunter and minnesota uh, so it's it's just I want the elite defensive end because the positional scarcity again you know with all the teams going to a three four defense uh, there's just that's going to be a huge advantage and then I want my hands on one of the top eight linebackers or so and as long as I can get two of those and then I'm okay with filling the roster out with maybe a couple older veterans at linebacker and then trying to get my hands on you know a younger you know up and comer because with, with idp linebackers and stuff like i'm not so hung up on the whole age thing because there's been plenty of linebackers that play you know well into their 30s and so i don't need a, a, a stable full of 23 year olds you know what i mean yeah definitely they, i mean linebackers will go to 33 you know and still have could potentially have a good year um there i mean Puzzlesny's getting up there you know you got guys like Derek johnson getting up there um and, and they produce well at, into 30 you know when all positions fall off oh yeah pause um, was left for dead last year and i mean he mm-hmm. put up legitimate linebacker you know low end low low linebacker one numbers last year and you know he he could have been had for you know half a ham sandwich last year mm-hmm. like, it was he was an afterthought you see it a lot people kind of especially in dynasty you know they'll see the age and immediately discount a guy um and, and you'll see them just sit at the top of the you know if you're doing it on my fantasy league it has tracks that edp for you and they'll just constantly be sitting there round after round after round. And you're like, well, you know, at some point, we got to take him. Because you know he's going to produce. Yeah. Or And if it doesn't, then, you know, you didn't lose too much, hopefully. And then people get so excited and, and hung up on rookies. And, you know, mm-hmm. with Miles Jack last year, they just automatically assumed that he was the next big thing. And, you know, just were so quick to write off Pazlesny. And, you know, the, the vet wasn't ready to give it up. So speaking of rookies, does your, does your strategy differ at all for rookie drafts? So you kind of... Still kind of reach for those guys who are more of a short thing? Uh, with the rookies, like, uh, you know, m- most of the time with the rookies, that means that, you know, you, you always want to take the best player available in a dynasty league because you don't want to ever get caught drafting for need. But, uh, you know, sometimes when you get an elite prospect, you know, you can go a little bit earlier. But more times than not, like, I'm pretty much going to be focused in on, on offense. My, you know, first, definitely my first pick in the draft. And then, you know, the second round, if I'm towards the end, you know, I might go ahead and dip my toe in, you know, like this year with, you know, Reuben Foster or, or Jared Davis or, you know, even Miles Garrett, who I like a lot, and, and Derek Barnett. So it, it it just really depends on the class, I think, because, you know, this year I feel like the class, the rookie class was a little bit top heavy, and then it just gets really muddy really quick. So if there was a you know, if it comes down to just a, a big old cluster of, of guys that I'm not sold on on the offensive side, then this year I was a little bit more inclined to go ahead and, you know, try to grab the, the Fosters or the or the Davises or the Garretts, you know. So most years that, that's not the case. There's usually a little bit more offensive talent to be had. So you mentioned it with Coyle Mack. Um, how do you kind of deal with those positional changes um, on your teams? Uh, do you just let it ride? Do you kind of try to avoid those players that are in – positions where they could be switching a lot uh, how do you kind of handle that well, i mean the the thing is man like when he's a defensive end he's a champion 
championship winning mm-hmm. player. So you have to, I mean, you have to roll the dice. And you know, the, the bad thing is, you know, right now there's kind of a gray area of where people are being pegged because of my fantasy league and they're being, you know, linked to, you know, mm-hmm. they, they use the depth charts from Roto World. So, you know, whatever Roto World designates a player, then my fantasy league makes that, makes that change. And sometimes even though a, an NFL team designates a player defensive end, a player designates himself a defensive end. The NFL recognizes him as a defensive end. If he plays more snaps at linebacker, then they make him a linebacker. So I don't agree with that, but it's not, you know, my call to make. So those players, when it comes to the possibility of winning a championship, you know, specifically with Khalil Mack and, you know, even some Jadavion Clowney, uh, you have to roll the dice because outside of the, you know, the upper echelon of NFL teams there's so much coach turnover year to year Mm -hmm. you know a lot of those guys man like you can't you can't guarantee anybody's going to be a 4-3 defensive end you know three years from now I never thought I'd see Robert Quinn as an outside linebacker I mean he's (laughs) you know he's been a a really awesome 4-3 defensive end and he's going to be playing with his hand up this year so I I just you know it's stupid (laughs) but you know the the NFL is you know everything kind of goes one way and then it course corrects and it goes the other way and you know you you have to you can't always be planning three years down the road occasionally you have to plan for right now and if you have a a window to make a run at the championship then you know future be damned you sometimes you just have to get to you know take a swing at it so i I basically just kind of i don't ever let fear build my roster it's a good way to put it. Uh, and yeah, like you said, the coaching changes quickly. You can have a good team and that DC wants to go and be a head coach somewhere or a bad team and they're switching defensive coordinators every year. So it's really tough to kind of plan that out, which I, I like to hear. Um, do you, <laughs> this is the hot button issue, but uh, are you in favor or not in favor of an edge edge position? I like the idea. <laughs> I like how you took a second. <laughs> yeah, because like I see both sides of the coin, man. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like the idea of it, but I think that it could lead to just to too many arguments, man. Like Because like I said, I already think there's too much gray area as far as, you know, players being designated linebackers when they're not a linebacker. So somebody that gets called an edge rusher because he plays a handful of snaps at edge, you know, off the edge. I, I think that the idea is solid. I think the concept's good, but man, I would really have to see some like framework to this of, of how you're actually going to police it. Because I, I like I said, I, anything that gives more IDP versatility, like to lineups and to leagues, I'm, I'm all for just, you know, to, for something different. But man, it's a slippery slope. And I think that, you know, preseason and week one, it's a great idea. But I think by week four or five, you're already planning on how you're going to fix it for the next year. Yeah. And, and with the NFL is changing so much. I mean, these guys play multiple fronts all the time. And, and right, there's no line to be drawn. So just because you have an edge position doesn't mean you solve the problem. I mean, you could just be beginning the problem. Yeah, because what happens when, you know, Clay Matthews, you know, somebody gets hurt and Clay Matthews is back to playing in the middle in Green Mm -hmm. Bay and he's not on the edge anymore, so can you not play him at edge? You know, because we've seen it. You know, we've seen him get shifted to middle linebacker two years ago. So to me, it's like, you know, if he starts, because of injuries, he plays, you know, 51% of his snaps at inside linebacker. Does he lose that eligibility? Like it's, there's this too much. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's tough. I go both ways on it a lot, too. It definitely dumbs down IDP a little bit, but it also causes more problems. And, and it's just a, it's really, there's really no good fix for it um, at current, currently. Hopefully, you know, down the line, we figure figure something out. I think the more people get into IDP, 
it's more smart people thinking about it. We'll, we'll figure something out for sure. Well, it's, um, it's, it's one thing that if you put that position there, but what are you doing to the scoring? Like, is an edge mm-hmm. rusher going to have his own specific scoring? Because if he's not, then just add more flex. Like, just add another flex position to your lineups. Like, just if you're just trying to get more people in there, if you're not going to actually change the scoring for an edge player, then what, I mean, what are we really trying to get to? Like, what's the actual payoff? And, and if you're scoring. Well, obviously the defensive end of linebackers can be kind of a drop down, but I mean, if Robert Quinn, just an example, I mean, he was kind of injured a lot last year. If he returned to previous form, he still can be a top 20 linebacker, even even if he's being on the outside. And if you're scoring high enough in your league that even an outside linebacker who's putting up sack numbers um, can still do well, then it doesn't hurt as much as it could if you're if you're talking about starting one end and one linebacker. You know, he completely goes away. Where if you're scoring well, you know, he can actually still be a starter for you. Yeah, it, it, like I said, the, the, the idea and the concept is solid. I just need to see some framework of how you're actually going to execute it. Nice, I like it. So if you were going back to, uh, I think you said 96, when you're jumping into your first league, um, do you have any advice you kind of give yourself to something to remember, things to look at, or even if it was like a, a new player, um, hit you up on Twitter, um, just looking for IDP advice, like what would, what would you tell them? The, anytime that somebody asks me or comes to me and says, hey, I'm new to IDP, you know, what what should I do in my first draft? The, the very first thing, above all else, before you do anything, read your scoring rules. Like you have to know your scoring rules because if IDP matter, then you have to approach your draft quite differently than if IDP are an afterthought. If you're, you know, your top ranked, like we talked about earlier, if your top ranked IDP players don't score enough to where they're basically in line with, you know, like you said, the, the running back 30, you know, then you can basically neglect IDP until you've built your entire offensive starters and a couple key bench players before you have to even go pay attention to any IDP players. So you have to know your starting lineup requirements and you have to know your scoring system. So uh, that 1A and 1B. All right, Alec. Well, thanks so much for stopping by, man. That was that was really good. You, uh, I think you nailed a lot of these questions. Um, do you have any parting shots? Anything you want to get off your chest? Anything you want to plug? Uh, I mean, you can always find me on Twitter at Olinger IDP. Um, usually spouting off something about fantasy football, Star Wars, Batman. Always defending the the DC extended universe movies. <laughs> you know, I don't care what anybody says. I like Batman versus Superman. Suicide Squad. Wonder Woman was awesome. Wonder I'm Woman usually, was awesome. I'm usually on there, you know, spitting some nerd stuff. So, um, other than that, man, like DLF, like we're a, a huge army of fantasy football writers, <laughs> and we have some really good, smart people that uh, are writing for us right now. One of the absolute smartest IDP minds that I've come across in the last five years is uh, Tom uh, Tom Degenerate Degenerate Tom. Which one? Which way does that go? I think it's Tom Degenerate. Yeah, Tom Degenerate. He's he's from England. He's a good old chap, but <laughs> he is absolutely brilliant, man. Mm-hmm. And I can't. Tom Kisslingberry. 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 Yeah, yeah. So if you're not following him, please, please go out and follow him at Tom Degenerate. Uh, young young guy, man. But he is he's passionate and he's super smart. Uh, I'm so glad that we have him at DLF. And then you know the the, the wily vets of Scott Fish and. The FF Ghost, you know, we we just have some good guys, man. Like, there's a strong roster, so you know, just get out there and you can follow us. Like, we have a really good presence. We all have our DLF logo. You know, some of them are nerdy with my Wonder Woman, and you know, some of them are just you know NFL players. But we're out there and we're pretty easy to find. Excellent, Eric. Thank you so much again for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Adam. So, like Eric said, you know, get a stud defensive end in startups, and that's sort of what I do as well, just based on the positional scarcity. 
Uh, he kind of went goes for a top eight linebacker, which is nice. I mean, it's nice to get those guys. If you can get that last guy, you know, the sixth linebacker, you can take Bobby Wagner a little bit later than others. You know, have taken the Quans and the Keekleys, stuff like that. If you can get a uh, oval tree, you know, the sixth guy or whatever, whoever that's going to be, um, you can really build your linebacker core very strong based on that one guy. And then he kind of fills in with vets, which I like that take as well, and goes for some of those upside plays as well. Um, he st- talked about drafting for talent, just like B did. You know, the talent's not always going to be there. Um, he said one thing I ruined. It was a good takeaway. Was don't let fear build your roster. You know, if you're worried about a player switching position, then you're kind of letting fear guide what you're doing, and that's kind of a take on just get the best players, and you'll deal with the positional changes as they come. Um, his two big advice points were know your scoring and wait on IDP, which I think has been harked on a lot, and I, I really agree with that. You know, you can build IDP later. He had a kind of good mix because he said take stud guys and take some top linebackers as well and then build in later. Um, I'm on IDP. So um, that's going to do it for episode six of the StateCast. Uh, you can follow us. It's at the StateCast on Twitter. You can follow me at AdamTZ. Uh, make sure you go and follow our guests as well. Thanks for listening.